Hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am here every Thursday with you, 4 o'clock Pacific Time and 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And this is where we talk about the stories we live by. I am one of those associate professors who used to teach creative writing and mythology, and one day I went, hmm, can I teach one more essay, or do I really want to launch out and help people write their books? I'm that girl, and I have this radio show right here that supports the idea that you can be a first, a second, or a third-time author. I bring people to the radio show to talk about their own authoring of either their book or their life or their business. And today, we have Jay Menz in the house. And you all met her, I think, last spring. And we were talking about activating your gifts, those gifts inside of you. She is the founder of the brand Fearful to Fit, and I'm going to be bringing her on the show in just a minute here. But before we dive in, I want to remind you that you might find you have a question for us today. We're going to be talking about creating new life stories, one retreat at a time. And if this speaks to you, either because you know it's time to invest in yourself and go on retreat, or it's time to take your people on retreat, whichever side you are on, we want to talk to you and offer you support for that. I want to get my own support around this because you know I love to go on retreat, but now it's time I host one. So I'm a little selfish today bringing Jay in to talk, but be sure to make make uh, time to put in a call. If you want to talk to myself or Jay Menz, the phone number is 1-888-298-5569. You can always reach me on Facebook Messenger, either on my Coach Debbie page, and that's always D-E-B-B-Y, Coach Debbie, Facebook, or on my personal page, Debbie Handrich, just like it sounds, H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H, Debbie Handrich. Or you can write to me. Write to me at Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. Look at all the ways you can find us. If you're thinking, I want to follow Jay Men's, just head on over to Facebook. Her last name is spelled capital M U E N. Z, JJ Men's, you will see in Facebook. So one, one little pitch, too, I want to add in here while I get a sip of water is I wonder if you've been thinking about being a first-time, second-time, or third-time author. Hang on a sec. <laughs> if you have, I have a mastermind group just for you. Most people are in it are first-time authors. And this is called The Author's Mastermind, and it is about developing the mind to be an author. Most people think I have to develop my book, and then I'll be an author, right? First the book, then I'm an author. 
Actually, you got to get really, really in touch with your mind and cultivate a new relationship with it. And I like to tell people when you do this, expect some ways of being to sort of dive away. They'll just kind of die off. But this means you're going through transformation and you are ready to house new thoughts and new ways of being. And we tackle all this in a 90-day process. If you bring a friend, you get 200 bucks off. And it doesn't have to be a close friend. It could be anyone you're willing to call friend to get that discount. So if you are interested in that, head on over to my website, www.coachdebbie.com. Or just send me an email, Debbie at Coach Debbie, and I'll get you all tuned in. All right, let's roll. We've got Jay Men's in the house, and those of you who tuned in last spring, you came to understand her as the founder of Fearful to Fit. She is what we call a gift activator, and that is really good stuff. We're going to talk about what that means. I listen to her podcast. It's called In My Sweats. And I want to say I listened to it on Podbean. Mm -hmm. And that came out. We're celebrating one year of podcasts with Jay. All sorts of great topics. The sort of things that you think about as well when you are in your sweats and you're getting ready to go out in the world and show up bigger, braver, stronger. Yeah. It's all for you. Jay has studied cellular regeneration. Wow. Integrative nutrition. Wow. Communications. Wow. She teaches bar classes. Have you ever tried that on on your hips? I challenge you. I'm going to try it too. She's appeared on Como Channel 4 and on New Day Northwest on King 5 here in Seattle. So welcome, Miss J. I'm so happy to have you back. Thank you, Debbie. Happy to be here. We are talking about this idea of creating new life stories one retreat at a time. You know I live for stories. Mm-hmm, I Absolutely sure do. live for stories. And I understand that you have not only come to invest in your own well-being and go on retreats, but you've also gone to the other side and you have now led about how many retreats? Five so far. Five so far. Mm-hmm. So that that to me means you're advanced. You're like, I like that idea. <laughs> good, good. I think you are an advanced retreat collaborator, organizer, planner, doer. So first of all, I think it's really, really important, especially for women business owners. And I want to give a quick shout out. I, I reached out to several women business owners and asked them questions for our show. And we'll be reading some of them. I want to thank Lauren, Stephanie, Deborah, Kirsten, Marta, and Caroline for responding. Because really, if we're going to ever hold a retreat, we have to know that first side of investing in ourselves 
and taking ourselves on retreat. Magic happens there. Can you tell us just a little bit about your own experience of going on retreat, what happened for you, why you came to know, I got to do this. Mm. This is part of real living. Oh, yeah. I think the first retreat I went on was in Tuscany. Wow. Good place to start. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I went way up to the top of the food chain, and it was a yoga retreat led by my yoga teacher. And so I couldn't miss out. It was right after I finished yoga teacher training. So I think this was 2011, maybe. And I went on it and thought, how the heck did they put this together? And can I do this? And then it wasn't until I went to, I think, two more retreats. And the last retreat I went on, I thought, I could do this and I could do it better. I could, I know, a little, yeah, little, uh, my dukes were up. No, I think that's good. I think that's good. Well, yeah, and I think it was the, the main reason for wanting to leave my first one was because the retreat I went on didn't have food for people with food allergies. Oops. Yeah. So I was there and I had nothing to eat. And so I basically starved all weekend. Jeez. And I was like, if I ever lead a retreat, I'm going to make sure every single person who has an issue with any type of food is able to come and knows that they're going to be stuffed pleasantly and they're going to have a great experience. And so that was really what led me on that first one. Yes. Yes. And as you were there, you embarked on this notion that you could not only relax, also exercise, somehow fend for food somewhere, <laughs> but you got into some, some learning, some storytelling. Did you, did you know people before you got there, or did you boldly just show up? You did. You just mm-hmm. showed up. And you said, this is for me. I think there are a lot of people that would shy away from just, I have to go by myself. I think they'd they'd want to bring a bestie. But on the other hand, I know there's benefits if you go by yourself. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah. The last retreat I led, there was 20 women. And that was the Activate Your Gifts retreat in April. And it was either that one or the one before that almost every single woman showed up on their own. They didn't know anyone else. And that's the beautiful part about showing up on your own is that there's no crutch. There's no one to lean on. So you really have to, one, lean on yourself to be honest about how you're feeling and what you want out of the retreat and make connections fast because you're with these women anywhere from three to four days on average And so if you are not bonding with them and you're kind of staying to yourself, what's the point of going on retreat? A big point of it is to make these lifelong sisterhood friendships, and it really does happen. I've seen it happen every single time. They're cheering each other on. They're like, oh, I just talked to so-and-so, and and she said she was doing this. And they know more about each other than me, which that's what I wanted to create anyway. So Mm. big benefits there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then while you're there, do you, what kind of, um, I want to I wanna call it sort of fireside communion. What kind of interacting do you see evolving with your people? Mm. I see 
the first one to break the what I don't know what you'd want to call it, but the kind of icebreaker sort yeah. of thing. And and that was what was really important is they show up and you know everyone's kind of nervous that first day, and then the next day is when I really break out the. You could call it life changing workshop. It's yeah. the one where it breaks, breaks the mold. The one that goes. No more faces, no more hiding. Show up as you are, and we're going to love you for it. And so I usually hold those workshops on day two when they're a little bit more comfortable, but they're still like, like I always get the comment of, damn it, like you made me cry again. <laughs> and so as soon as we break down that facade of who you think you need to be, that's when the breakthroughs happen. And that's when you can have true bonds not the ones where it's like you know how's this how's your kids how's you know the stuff that no one really wants to do anyway yeah yeah so that is I hope the answer to your question Mm, well it is because we we never want to make an investment in ourselves and then come home without the investment in Mm -hmm. ourself Mm -hmm. right and and as a business owner, I know you go through this just as much as I do. We find people that are curious about our programs. They're curious about the offerings. They lean in enough to have a call with us. And yet the notion of investing in themselves, that's just not on their radar yet. Whereas I've been investing in myself since I, you know, could earn an allowance from my daddy Mm. you know (laughs) and you know what I would say about that is that on that call have you gotten to the root of why they want to work with you like if they don't know if it's not great enough they book the call so in my eyes if they book the call they want it Mm -hmm. and it's your job I love this someone said this to me they're like you call someone that's like a cold sales call but then when someone calls you you're the expert Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're basically just saying you're giving them their diagnosis. You're like, this is where you fit in. I could see you fitting here. And not everyone is going to go into your high end program or a retreat or something. Maybe they need to start with just uh, an example of your writing or something that will get them like their juices flowing. And sure. it's so timing, too. Sure. Yeah. And when when people think about retreats, um, some of these have nice fat ticket prices. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are are more like a, a day retreat. Mm-hmm. Come in the morning, we'll have croissants and coffee <laughs> and, you know, we'll work, work, work and bond, bond, bond and you'll go home at six. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. But others, you're flying across mm-hmm. the globe to have a real transformative experience. And what I've come to to know as someone who invests in myself is that I will have a whole change of heart Mm -hmm. because I did sign up, because I did pay the money, because I was showing up, Mm -hmm. because I was committed. Mm -hmm. And, And even... And not to belittle your experience, but even if I had practically starved to death and knew I would not do that in my retreat that I was going to throw, I know I would come home saying, I'm so glad I went. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that retreat was the one that really pushed me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
So I really want to encourage the listeners. We're coming up on the time for our first break here. If you want to ask about investing in yourself and going on retreat, making meaning, getting into your stories, how vulnerable this can be, what are your questions around it, or if you are curious about being a retreat leader, we want to talk to you. And we're at one 888 298-5569. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. You are a leader and you are a visionary, but sometimes things just get in the way. It's people's issues, it's body issues, it's that stuff we call technology. And we're used to pushing through, but there is a better way. The Science of Influence, led by husband and wife team Brian Tracos and Ani Anderson, will be in Seattle October 4th and 5th. Sign up for an experience of a lifetime and be trained by world-renowned experts in the science and the application of personal transformation. Here you will overcome your blind spots. You will help yourself and your staff bypass their resistances and you'll learn how to make more empowered choices. Right now, the Science of Influence offers a one-time savings of $200. Enter the code STORY, S-T-O-R-Y, when you register at newwayofhealth.com, newwayofhealth.com, and enter your savings code STORY. Reach your highest potential. Hi, I'm Kathy Cooper, and every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m., I'll be hosting Lost and Found be discussing all types of losses, but it's not going to be the doom and gloom hour. It'll be an hour of education, support, validation, and yes, we will have a little bit of humor. So won't you join me Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m., Loss and Found, because every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. You are listening to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I want to invite you to think about your legacy. Your legacy. What is that? Well, get yourself on my calendar and we'll talk about that. It's your story, and in some way, it is the parts of your story that you want to make sure people know about. For some, they really focus on their business. For others, they really focus on something that happened to the family, maybe something around special needs, maybe something around the fact that uh, there was a death in the family early and how did the family come together. can also be around very, very joyous, triumphant topics. Whatever it is for you, I would love to find out your vision for your book, your legacy. And you can always reach out to me at www.coachdebbie.com. You subscribe to my newsletter. You'll learn what's going on on this radio show. You can always just click reply and we'll start a conversation. 
Today I'm talking to Jay Menz, and we are really focusing on the notion of retreat. And we've been talking about the idea of investing in ourselves, because when we make that investment, we come home with so much. I know I was thinking about, um, what's her name, Marie Kondo, the uh, tidy up, clear your clutter lady. And I was thinking how when, when I go on retreat, I'm sort of on a clutter clearing expedition. I'm letting go of a lot of my beliefs that don't serve me. And I'm getting in touch with the visions that exist in me, but without the help of a leader like yourself, Jay, I might not ever find it. And I get the sense that you call yourself a gift activator because you have this ability to see into people Mm -hmm. and do a little drawing out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your retreats of gift activation center around this notion. So can you tell us just a little bit of what that means to go on retreat and experience the gift activator? Yes. Well, the gift activation is a one by one. So we're in a big group. And I did this before it was gift activations too. I've always had some sort of workshop that I lead at retreat. So it's usually two to three hours. We're all in the room, and this is after breakfast. And so we'll go around the room, and it'll be focused on one thing. So the last one was activating your gifts. And so we went around the room, and I said to each woman, what gift do you want to activate? And there were some that immediately knew. They knew exactly what they were here to do. They just haven't pulled the trigger, even though I hate that saying. Uh They hadn't pulled the trigger yet. And then some kind of broke down immediately and said, I don't think I have any gifts or I don't know what I want to activate or how to even get there. My vision is so big that it seems impossible. So then throughout that, I would dissect and we'd Mm -hmm. come up with like an action plan or this is what you're going to do when you get home. You're going to tell this person and like, in a gentle way, but also in a way where they're not going to send me an email and say, it was such a good idea, but I never followed through. I wanted these women to get into action immediately because I know that when you have something on your heart or a purpose or something, some idea that won't go away, it's been there for a long time. So the only person that prevents you from doing the thing that you want to do is you. And so that's what I'm working to do is break through the excuses that they give themselves for not doing certain things, not investing in themselves, not thinking they're worthy of the success that they desire, not thinking that they're smart enough, you know, all the BS stuff that we tell ourselves. So it almost sounds like the the more common language we put to that is around life purpose. Mm-hmm. And people are coming to these retreats because their life purpose isn't um, it either isn't evident to them or it's evident to them, but it feels so out of reach. Exactly. And your job, it's almost like they are the vehicle that has driven themselves to the retreat and you have the key mm-hmm. and you turn it on and you're, you've got all the pistons running mm-hmm. and you're like, 
how does it feel mm-hmm. to be in your gifts? Yeah. Oh yeah. And have that motor running. Mm. It's it's so powerful to watch the visual transformation happen when it clicks for each woman that comes. And these are successful women. These are, I mean, and you get a good mix. There's women that have been bartending and they're making money, but then there's women that are the breadwinners of their family and they're supporting a family of four and they're making over six figures. And so it's not that these women are just floundering around. They are just, they're like, what is that missing thing that needs to be filled and how do I get it? And an entrepreneur knows they have to have that. Mm-hmm. When, whenever, so when I, did I ever tell you this? One of my very first jobs was entrepreneurial before I even really mm-hmm. knew the word. I'm not shocked. <laughs> and, and then I talked myself out of it. I, I just easily was like, well, you know, I tried that. Maybe I should go back to school and get another degree or two or 10. <laughs> and so I, I went back to school but it kept calling to me. Mm-hmm. It kept calling and calling and calling and calling. And so any of us that have that entrepreneurial ooh, thing inside, you know, <laughs> we just we can't really rest until it's activated. Mm-hmm. We just can't, you know, we'll, we'll get close to it and say, yeah, I'm doing this with my business over here. Kind of sort of, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. it's going to bloom someday. But it's not <laughs> until we go, ooh, you know, and and someone like yourself comes along and says you're close. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to go this extra distance, you are going to be there because I can already see you there. Mm-hmm. And something you told me about while we were getting ready is that the gifts exist now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty powerful thing to share with women. Mm-hmm. How do you let that be for them? Is that usually by way of like a workshop or exercises? Or how do you help them understand those gifts are here? Mm. I'm very intuitively led. And so I don't have a thing I do every time. Good. Yeah. So... It really starts with the feeling in the room. Good. Are they feeling like they want to go deep fast? Are they feeling scared and they need a little bit more warm up? So there isn't a method to the madness. I just go in. Yes. Yeah. And that's good teaching. That's good teaching to know to be really grounded in what you do and you look out into the room and you really analyze What does this group need? Mm -hmm. And feel it. Mm -hmm. You're feeling into that. So we are at the halfway point of our show. And I want to emphasize that even if, you know, getting around a group of women and being vulnerable isn't something that you think of as the best tea party, (laughs) it really can be. (laughs) It really, really can be. And when you get with a great leader like Jay, you're safe. You know, I I can't imagine that you wouldn't allow people to stretch, get up, walk around, do whatever they need. You're safe. You're sharing. But then there's the fact that many of us want to lead retreats Mm. just like Jay does. We we know that we've gone to some and we've we've experienced the benefits. We've come home with story. We've developed more the story of our life because we've been on retreat. 
But now we see that it could fit in our own entrepreneurial scheme if we led them. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little about when you said, I'm going to lead a retreat. What were the first things you had to tick off mm-hmm. your list mm-hmm. so that you knew this retreat is on? The first things were the dates. I wanted to have like a good date that sounded like it was about six months away. And then I wanted to have a location. So location was key to creating the feeling that I wanted them to have as they walked into the place. And so the first one was actually at in Leavenworth at Sleeping Lady Lodge. And it was this cabin. It was gorgeous. There was a pool. I took them on a wine tasting and I kind of curated it based on what they thought they'd what I thought they'd enjoy. And now the way I lead retreats is what would I want? if I showed up and over time, the first one, I mean, I could tell you so many stories about what I've experienced leading retreats, but the first one, I barely broke even into what I invested and what, I mean, I just um, priced it super low. I had no idea what I was doing. And I think that's really important to fail as many times as possible. And then you start creating something that is profitable something that has a ton of results from it and something that you'd want to sign up for yourself. So maybe start there is like, where would I want to go? What would I want to be doing? Who do I want to surround myself with? What's the setting like? What's the activities I would want to do? What's the food I'd want to eat? And you start creating a vision. I love that. I love that. Because really, we work with the people that align with us. Exactly. So, yeah, that retreat's got to align as well. Let's uh, let's take some questions. Stephanie went straight for it and said, I am very curious about running a retreat. I really want to know what exactly is on my plate, though. I can't wait to have story time with my ladies just like you, coach. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I envision myself running in every direction being the manager, and that's not what I want. That's mm-hmm. not what I want either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find that when you are the, the when the people are coming on your retreat, everything's up to you mm-hmm. or you do? Yes. Uh, the one next year is the first time I've hired an executive assistant and a chef. So the first one, I was like just nuts trying to take care of everything. And I had my sister and she was my assistant, but I was such a freak that I did everything (laughs) myself. And so I just tried, I was like, no one can do it as well as me. (laughs) And so I did everything. And then I got, I let some control go as they went on because I mean, you have this weight of responsibility that these women are signing up because of what you've promised and because you're showing up as your 110% self the moment they walk in that door and the moment they walk out that door. So that is a lot of responsibility. But as the business has grown and as I've been able to take on more people, I've hired kitchen helpers. And without support, without a team of support, there's no way I could do what I do because 
you just can't. There's no, you can't be the chef. You can't be the person that gets the groceries. You can't be the person that processes the payments. You can't be the person that makes sure everyone can find the house. You know, you just cannot. And I've done that for, I mean, I've done that for five retreats. And now, so that's why I'm saying to Stephanie. This is Stephanie. Yes. Stephanie. Stephanie, what I'm telling you is that what I said earlier is you kind of have to fail and figure out exactly where are your strengths who can you hire? Can you hire a family friend? Can you hire someone someone who wants like a, a retreat discount or something like that? Who can you have to support you and who also wants to come? And when you lay all the things down that you want to have happen at this retreat, things will start to happen beautifully, but you can't expect to do everything perfectly even the first few retreats, because there is so many flying objects. Mm-hmm. So you are the manager. You you are the one that is doing this, but you are also, what I'm hearing, on a big learning curve. Mm-hmm. And the more you are comfortable with asking for help, finding that mm-hmm. support, relinquishing what you don't have to do. I mean, I don't have to make the salad. But, yeah. you know, I <laughs> I can let that go. Mm-hmm. But there are other things like I want to teach story time. Yeah. You know, I really want to do that part. Yeah. So it's really figuring out, I think, if I'm hearing you right, where your strongest skill set is mm-hmm. and what you can hire out or and, trade out. Oh, yeah. And the thing I learned on the last one is with the women I had on my side, on my team, they wanted me to go out and be social and they wanted me to get to know the women better. And so anytime I came into the kitchen and I was like, Duh! and before I even could get a question or a sentence out, they were like, already done, on to the next thing, you go enjoy. And oh, so good. that was like such, oh my gosh, it felt so good. And here's another uh, tip or pointer is to hire moms because moms can get things done Within an hour that a normal person, it would take years. I believe that. Yeah. Because I'm a normal person and (laughs) and I'm on the yearly calendar and I always, I'll watch moms and I'm like, how'd she do that? How'd she do that? I thought I was smart too. I guess not. So yes, I think that is great advice. And for the person who's on retreat, I'll tell you this, since I really love food and I I love nap time and I love yoga time and I love fireside chat time. When you go on retreat and it's all built in and it's all brought to you, oh, your mind is just open to learn, right? You show up and everything is just given to you. Yeah. It's It's the best. It's so good. Yeah. And you don't get sick of it. You're not like, mm, okay, so there's only two more days. No, that never, <laughs> it doesn't happen at Mm-mm. all. No, you just savor every single minute of it. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to our second break in just a minute, but I want to let Kirsten know that I did get your question, and we are going to talk about it when we come back. First, I'm going to read it to people, which is how much stage setting do I need to do before a retreat? If I want to have deep, moving, heartfelt, vulnerable conversations, what's going to happen before we even get there? Or does it all just open up and flow 
once people convene and get comfortable. I'm just curious, how much do I need to set up? By the way, I am a life coach. Okay, very good. So, Kirsten, we are going to get to your question right after this break. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. You are a leader, and you are a visionary, but sometimes things just get in the way. It's people's issues, it's body issues, it's that stuff we call technology, and we're used to pushing through, but there is a better way. The Science of Influence, led by husband and wife team Brian Tracos and Ani Anderson, will be in Seattle October 4th and 5th. Sign up for an experience of a lifetime and be trained by world-renowned experts in the science and the application of personal transformation. Here you will overcome your blind spots. You will help yourself and your staff bypass their resistances and you'll learn how to make more empowered choices. Right now, the Science of Influence offers a one-time savings of $200. Enter the code STORY, S-T-O-R-Y, when you register at newwayofhealth.com, newwayofhealth.com, and enter your savings code STORY. Reach your highest potential. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio, and today we are talking about the stories of being on retreat. And what I mean by that is how do you enrich the story you live by because you honor yourself and you invest in yourself and you take yourself on retreat? How does that shape and mold and help you express the story you live by even more. You know, I wonder if my mama is listening today. Mom, I really want to go on a retreat in Santa Barbara really, really bad. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? Me, you, meet up, go, indulge, eat, walk, pray, the whole thing. Doesn't that sound nice? See, all you have to do is put out an invitation. I know I'm going to hear from her. <laughs> I know I will. She'll be like, I heard that idea. Because there, there is this wonderful indulgence, wonderful investment. And therefore, as you do that, you start to change a little bit of the story of your life. And as you change that, you change it even more. It's kind of organic how it works. Take my word for it. (laughs) But we're really getting into the logistics of it now because 
we are taking questions from people that want to lead retreats. So we were just looking, uh-oh, where'd it go? We were just looking at Kristen's, Kirsten, I'm sorry, Kirsten's question, a life coach. She wants to know how much stage setting is involved because she says here, I want to have deep, moving, heartfelt, vulnerable conversations. That's a bit of an agenda, Kirsten, but I totally honor that. So she's asking, what does she have to do beforehand? Or is it really about some flow that happens once people convene? Mm-hmm. What's been your experience? It's definitely the flow. And it will change every retreat. It will change every workshop. It will continually come from you naturally if you're really connected to your intuition and you're able to read people's energy and you create a safe space for them because probably everyone can remember a time where someone tried to force you into having this like life talk and you weren't comfortable so you're giving one word answers so that's the thing you don't want to do and that just means that the people don't feel safe enough to truthfully share what's going on with them great let it flow I'm slightly distracted, Kirsten, because we just got this great question. But I know that served you. That it. She didn't say sometimes this or sometimes that. She said yes, flow, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we had a listener recently who listened to our show Boot Camp for Men, who is writing in and says, "Okay, so I don't exactly lead retreats, but I do camp. How much do I have to?" put down before my people start paying me? This is a really good question. Um, How much does the retreat leader Mm -hmm. have to invest out of her own pocket Mm -hmm. before she's actually got participants? Mm -hmm. Well, that all depends on who are you serving right now? Who's your clientele? What are they paying? What are they used to? What would you pay? These are questions you have to ask yourself before you can decide. But in my experience, I've spent anywhere from three to $10,000 to lock down a location. And that's just location. So then you have to consider, are you going to be making all the food yourself? Are you going to have a chef? Are you going to have helpers, assistants? So all those things. So I really think, um, also, I just had a gal, I have this thing called eight-week deep activation where if you have one single focus on what you want to do, then that's the thing that we focus on for eight weeks. And so I had her go through it because after the retreat, she wanted to lead her own. And she's like, I've had this retreat within me for 15 years. And so within 30 days of doing this activation work, we had her retreat name, date, boom, locked in. I think she spent 2000, 2000 to lock down a house, sold out in less than a month. Oh, Nice. So you can definitely put money down, but most, if you do like a VRBO or you do a big house, most places will say you can have a full refund up to a certain amount of time before the retreat. Thank goodness. (laughs) So that's reassuring if you're worried. I really have found, though, that the retreat leader, and those are most of you listening, you are becoming retreat leaders you find that because your heart and soul is invested in this, people come. Oh, yeah. People come. In mm-hmm. fact, they 
while they're there, they start asking when the next one is. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always that person. <laughs> When's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> so I want to tell you about a retreat I started envisioning in... Mm, Antonio, are you listening? Can you help me? It was part of our graduate project. So it was in 98, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, 1998. Mm-hmm. We had to do an assignment for Antioch where you you wrote out the finished product of yourself in your career. And it, it had to be visual. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I didn't go to art school. So I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I made, and I recently found this, by the way, I totally 100% forgotten about it. But this is what I found. It was probably... 12 to 15 pages. I cut all this butcher paper and I cut pictures out of magazines. Uh, I was over at my mother's house in the Roosevelt area. She had like a hundred magazines. Don't lie, mom, you had a hundred. And I cut out all these pictures of beautiful rooms, beautiful food. And then on some of the pages, I had really lovely uh, people, and I would make up, I would say um, things like Toni Morrison, even though it wasn't really her, but mm-hmm. kind of looked like her. Mm-hmm. Toni Morrison will come and present and talk to you about her book, blah, 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 blah. And So I had all these authors there mm-hmm. and, you know, the fireside. And I presented this. And I remember how I got full credit for this. And the teacher said, this will happen because you created it. And I said, just like this? And he said, maybe not exactly like this, but if you keep this close to you, if you continue to look at this, if this continues to matter to you, this will happen. Mm -hmm. Well, for some years I did look at it, but somehow it made its way to the bottom of a box. And when I discovered it in the bottom of a box because I was moving, I was actually moving to West Seattle to offer writing retreats <laughs> out of my house at the waterfront. I mean, all these things mm-hmm. were happening because I had made a vision of it mm-hmm. long ago. So I say all this because I'm curious for you, while you're doing these retreats, are, do you find yourself tapping into a vision that you honestly could say was in the roots for you long ago? Mm. Like bits of it, pieces of it? Did you have a hunger for it for a year or two or five or ten before you ever did the retreat? I don't know. I have never been that great at planning when someone asks you, what do you want to do in five years and ten years? That always freaked me out because I don't know. The only thing I really plan in advance is these retreats. And that's the beauty of this. I'm a huge planner. Jay is not. (laughs) And I know that her retreats are totally successful. Mm -hmm. So it could be like me that you vision board the Mm -hmm. max out of this. That is not me. Or you could be Jay (laughs) Benz and go... 
I think I'm going to have a retreat. <laughs> that's exactly how it is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's great. We have uh, one more person that is writing in. Erica, thank you. I just need glasses for tuning in today. Erica says, I am a specialist in relationship coaching. I want to bring men and women on retreat together, i.e. couples. But I'm wondering how successful this could be. I've never done anything like this before, and I am a coach, but not necessarily equipped for quarrels and such. Mm. I do want to have exercise. I do want to have exercises Mm -hmm. for them to follow, but more than any, I'm sorry, my screen keeps going on me. More than anything, oh, I want to offer the time for reuniting. What do you think? I think I want to (laughs) go. Do it, Erica. When that last, what she just wrote, the time for reuniting. I love that. Who doesn't want to sign up for that? And um, the other things you said before, Erica, were just your own blocks. Like you have this idea to create something really magical and beautiful and something for the greater good, which is something that always ends up working out is when you create it outside of yourself or someone else's happiness or healing. And so the fact that you want to offer this to couples to come back together to reunite is something that most people can resonate with. And therefore, I think you have yourself a really good idea. You'll figure out the rest of it. But I would start writing down exactly what you want this thing to look like and get into action rather than talking yourself out of it. There's no point. The time is now. Mm, I love it. I love it. She is a great coach on getting us into action. We only have about uh, six minutes or so left here. And so I want to talk about the personal and big benefits of not only leading, but also being on retreat. So I'm going to come up with a few, and then I know Jay is going to come up with a few. Because I really... I really want to emphasize this to people. If you're thinking about uh, authoring a book, if you're thinking about taking your own entrepreneurial, uh, I almost said escapades. (laughs) That's not the word I meant. Your entrepreneurial experiences, thank you, uh, to a deeper level, this, this really ties into the story you are living by and claiming. So we're going to kind of a spiritual level. What can happen to you when you go on retreat and when you lead retreat? So I know Jay is thinking about a few things that have happened to her. One thing that happened to me when I went on retreat, and it wasn't about money, was I realized what my relationship to money had been and the one I wanted. It just came out of someone else's conversation, but it threw me into this deep, deep conversation with myself. And there were these fireside chats to keep it going. I had time to journal. I came home a different person regarding how I saw myself as a moneymaker. And I didn't go there for that. It was an extra benefit. Another thing I came to understand while I was on retreat was that 
I was willing to say yes to a lot of things in my business because other people did when I really wanted to say, no, I want to do it my way. Mm-hmm. That's what I really wanted to say. No, I know she was successful, because, but no, mm-hmm. I want to do it my way. And I came home doing it my way. Yeah, that's what I needed. I needed to be around people who said, you should do it your way, Debbie. Mm-hmm. I needed that. Mm-hmm. So I came home with that. Another thing was, Erica, I think it's funny that you wrote in today. We're going to have to connect. Was I went on retreat with my love. And he had said, I don't want to go and get in the way of whatever you could learn of as a life coach. I, I just think you should go on your own. And as soon as I said, sweetheart, I'm, I'm a little nervous because, you know, my vision's really low. And he's like, oh, no, I'm there. It's cool. I'm there. <laughs> um he found ways to make sure that I was really independent. And when I needed him, he was right there. It was, it was magical. It's not that he doesn't do that here, but something about being on retreat where we didn't have to cook, clean, manage anything, it, it fell into place even more. Mm-hmm. I was so grateful, mm-hmm. you know, for the time with him and, and the t- and what I learned in those moments that he was off doing something else. So those were just some biggies mm-hmm. that I brought back from retreat. What are, what are some things we can leave with our audience that either while you were leading mm-hmm. or while you were investing that they've stuck with you? I'll start with the leading retreats. And that is that once I stepped into my own power, I was able to let things flow through me, not from me. And so instead of thinking I needed to be this goofy gal with all the jokes and woo-woo, like I had a serious side and I allowed her to show. And that was a side that resonated with people the most. And the more I did that, the more I stepped into knowing what my gifts were. And it just sets you on a completely new level when you enter that self-awareness of what you can bring to people's life. The other thing I learned while going on retreat is that food is (laughs) the top priority for me. (laughs) If it's not quality, healthy, organic, all the freeze, the gluten freeze, the dairy free, all that stuff, I don't want to go. I don't want to go and quote unquote... Um, what's that word? It's like you're you just give what what's that? Kinda when you just throw throw yes. something to the wind yes, and like, you just I don't oh, operate well, like that. I like, don't either. I you know, I wanna have quality. Yes. And so to me that was the biggest thing I learned is every retreat I go on, if the food doesn't look good, I won't go. And then I wanna make sure I'm moving. I wanna make sure there's like a physical aspect. To the retreat, not just workshops, because I don't want to sit forever. No, no, no. No. So it has to be a really well-rounded retreat. And when you spend money on yourself and when you invest in yourself, you'll do it again and again and again and at a higher level. And then all of a sudden, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, you know, and it doesn't matter as much as it used to because you know that the more you invest, the more results you'll expect from that experience, like you said earlier. That's wonderful. Wonderful. I hope you take away this key word here. We're talking about investment. Really look over those reviews. Really find out if the retreat is for you. Talk to people. Do your homework. 
as a college professor, I'll tell you, the people that did their homework did the best. <laughs> so do your homework. Make sure that you feel alive before you go. And I promise you, you will have a wonderful experience. We'll see you back here on Thursday for more. Until then, namaste. Namaste.